Hello guys, this is Eric and you're on the Game Trail Podcast. You're here with Eric, Brian, and Nolber, all three together, finally. Finally, really, we made it. We're only five episodes into this before all three of us could get together to actually chat for a little bit and for you guys to enjoy. And the topic we're going to be hitting today is the backcountry. I know it's become really popularized by the social media. And the question is, what is the backcountry? Brian? <laughs> <laughs> that, my friend, is a million dollar question. I have no idea what anybody's talking about when they say the backcountry because yeah. all of our backcountry is accessible, so I don't think it's backcountry. I think it's just further in the woods. <laughs> and me and Nobert talking about this before he came in. <laughs> I asked him, Nobert, just responding, like, when you hear backcountry, what do you think? Well, like me and Eric were talking earlier, the. To me, the backcountry was just somewhere outside the city. It was any of the country we got in, you know. And and Eric kind of brought up that, you know, it goes beyond that, beyond, you know, where roads can go. Um, yeah, and I see it being popularized on social media a lot. Hunt the backcountry, hunt the backcountry. They make a lot of apps for how to navigate in the backcountry, obviously GPS. And um, I personally think me define as backcountry as <clears throat> wilderness area, right? Because there's no road access in a wilderness area. And, you know, state by state, I don't know what state you guys are in, the state we're in, we have designated wilderness areas, but in reality, only really one is truly, I would say, kind of hard to access, and that'd be the Gila wilderness. Yeah. Other than that, all the other wilderness areas you can <clears throat> get to all around it, and they're not really big areas. They're not big enough like, not the, continuously not the, like the Gila. Yeah. That one I would consider <clears throat> the only true backcountry. Backcountry. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't hunt that unit. I should say you can. I mean, because you can only access it through foot or horseback. Yeah, no motor vehicles it. allowed. No electric bikes. That seems to be real popular. And I know a lot of guys are using that, the, like that Rambo bike. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool, but. I actually um, want to try that. No, I, yeah, no, I do too. <laughs> We're just kind of looking at each other. Right now. Like, Has anyone uh, tried one? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. But anyways, um, so the whole for our whole thing is this big push for hunting the backcountry. What are the tactics now? Because this past season we saw people everywhere, all over the whole stinking unit. And so, what backcountry are you going to get away to? Is that even possible nowadays since it's become so popular to hunt now and should you hunt traditional areas where people use hunt now they're going further in so do you stay further out now does that make sense like that totally makes sense i mean it, there's times when you go way back in there and you're not seeing that much game i've seen more game right off right or right outside of camp than i have walking miles and miles into the back country well, yeah, on this past well, yeah, this past hunt that we did, Nober, remember me and you, we kind of took advantage of every situation you could possibly be in. The Union has a ski resort, so we took the ski lift up to the very top to get to get us up high in elevation, and we're gonna hunt all the way down. Brian stayed at the bottom of the parking lot and hunted around the mountain. We met up with him. We didn't see one animal, did we? I don't mm. think we saw anything. No, and another time on the same hunt, uh, it was another place I thought, okay, I'm going to go where it's the roughest road you could possibly find. Um, no one's going to be back there. You know, all that's where all the game's going to be. 
And again, I walked around mile after mile and didn't see didn't nothing. See nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that they're not going to be there. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm sure they are there. It's just I've had better luck hunting close. More strategizing, in. right? More yeah. like going, looking at a map going, okay, there's a spring here. There's a dirt tank here. There's a trick tank here. Um, can I get in between them? Is that where they're going to be? Are the tanks got water in them? Do they not have water in them? I think the backcountry, not to hammer anybody about it, I think it got way oversold and a lot of guys are hitting that area. And I think in reality, uh, yeah, I'll just say it, Onyx Maps totally changed the way we hunt. Um, yes, yeah, totally has. And we've hit this before and before, and we keep hitting the, the checkerboards. You know, all the, the hunting the lines for us has been pretty good. For us, I mean, we've been more successful hunting lines between units or even between private and, and uh, public property. That's been way more successful than hitting the backcountry where, yeah, we expect to see all these deer and elk running around. And yeah, it's not there. They might be there. And it depends on what unit. Not every unit has backcountry in. There's some units that are littered with roads. Right. Like there's not a spot. Like we'll take unit, thir- well, we'll say unit 13 in our state. In our state, unit 13 in Mexico. There, there's not anywhere you can't get to with a four-wheeler or a dirt bike or a quad. Or, I already said that, but you know what I mean. Side-by-side. Side-by-side, whatever. You can get there. There's nowhere you can't get to. And guess what? If you walk over one canyon, you think you're out, off the road, and all of a sudden you hit another ro- can, you know, two-track on the side of the canyon. And that's yeah. accessible. So you're not really getting anywhere in the back. And a lot right? of the maps, you know, what you look at, they don't show all the roads, and then you like with this onyx hunt map what we use that thing shows everything and you look at it and you're like well there's roads everywhere yeah so this shows a lot more roads you're you kind of look at it and you're like well if we go and hunt this mountain range there's there's going to be people there because there's tons of roads you know there's all the two-track roads so there's going to be all those uh, people on the four-wheelers or, or side-by-sides you know out there hunting it, well no but you hunt the manzanos and these are a mountain range in New Mexico that are, it's not a mountain, it's just a mountain more or less. But other than the very top being limited to get to, everything else you can get to, you have access 360 almost on that mountain. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, a lot of a lot of it's hiking though. I mean, because the yeah. road basically goes right down the center of it and, and you got to hike, you know, you got to put in the miles. But I mean, at the same time, there still is pretty good access to it. When you were... Up high on that hunt, did you get? Did you run into people, hikers? I mean, it doesn't matter if they're hunters, because there'd be hikers out there too. Yeah, I actually just hikers. I didn't run into any of the yeah, hunters, hunters, just hikers. Yeah. Um, Brian, you've kind of played well. You drew the Gila Wilderness. Did you run into guys down in there? We ran into some people on horseback. Um, it was a guide outfitter. And he had his hunters, but we ran into him on the trail while we were walking in, and they were on on horses, and that was really about it. Yeah. So I, I think when you guys start to hear backcountry out there, think more of where the hunting pressure is going to be, and where it's not going to be, and then figure out you know you hear a lot of the you'll hear like randy newberg that guy he'll talk about 
sanctuaries. Where are those sanctuaries? I think that is the key because there could be a really tight spot in a very accessible area. Everyone avoids it because it looks nasty, even though it's completely accessible. We have a canyon that we know of on this last hunt that we were getting a lot of game onto it. And if you saw it on Google Earth, you're like, oh yeah, cool. That's just a, you know, from the, what, the forest road to where we had our camera set up, what, quarter mile in, if that. Yeah. But no one was hunting this mountain at all. Nobody was. Because when you look at it, it's an, it's an old burn and it looks nasty and craggy and you're like, nothing's going to be in there. Or why am I going to hunt there? Because you can't, it's too hard to walk around there quietly because there's so much then down. Um, but it's not bad country. I mean, you could get in there into a good spot out of sight, out of mind from other hunters and hikers and everyone else within probably like 15 minutes. You won't, you're not going to see anybody because no one's going to be back in there. Yeah. Well, this year when I had that late season elk and I went in <clears throat> pretty far on a course, it was a road driving all the way in there thinking that I wasn't going to come across anything. And there you go. There's footprints. Yeah, you know that sucks. But too. then you you <laughs> open up the map and it's I drove miles in on this one desolate dirt road, you know, up on top. And but you look on the map and there's roads maybe a mile downhill, and there's just there's roads everywhere. So people have access to <clears throat> every spot, whichever way you look at it. Yeah, I think as soon as you think you're in an area that no one has thought of or no one has gotten in there. I'll cut a track and you're like son of a gun man someone's in here too which is that's part of public land hunting but you know no one has a secret they're just trying we're trying to separate ourselves from everybody so that way we have our own little area to hunt so we're not <laughs> messing up other people's hunts but it doesn't seem like it's possible anymore well, like, you saying you know secret or whatever you know everybody's like oh I got this secret spot nobody <laughs> ever hunts it trust me somebody's so there. yeah, your secret spot knows about it or has hunted it <laughs> and in the past. Knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it, there's always going to be a few people who know about that spot. It's it's not a secret. Yeah, I'll let Nobert kind of dive into it without great detail, but he thought he was telling us about this secret spot and his well, your brother-in-law wouldn't. Yeah, like, don't so, tell anybody else. Yeah, so this buddy of mine just when I was first first getting in hunting, uh, this buddy of mine basically told me, you know, whatever you do, don't talk about this spot to anybody don't heck you know forget about this spot when we leave pretty much <laughs> and uh you know hammered me and hammered me you know it's the secret spot you know and anyways yeah yeah we were successful and all but come to find out you know talking in the hunting community and stuff you know every other person i ever talked to would bring up that same spot you know and i was like it's you not know a secret no it's more. not a secret you know <laughs> everyone nice. else knows about that spot so yeah so you know it's yeah like like Brian was saying there's there's not a secret spot I don't think and we just have a who knows maybe our favorite spots or maybe yeah it's more like our favorite spot yeah the area that we like to hunt we were talking about that earlier before we started <coughs> the podcast um you know hunting the backcountry and where to start and do you pick a unit on access to that unit and Nobert was saying he's like I just like to hunt areas that I want to enjoy hunting slash camping at the same time because I know your brother-in-law, your the secret spot is not exactly the prime the camping spot to go to do when you're not, you know, when you're relaxing in camp because it's yep. a straight out desert down there. Mm -hmm. It's good for elk. You get, you know, your brother-in-law, and you had a great time down there. 
But yeah, if people don't know about the unit, they're like, oh yeah, we'll camp in the in the pine tops and have shade, and you find out there's not a lick of tree, or if there is, it might be a pinyon bush or a mm -hmm. juniper tree. So I, I think when you when you guys plan your hunts, you just got to go by what unit. What what is the what do you want out of it? Do you want that backcountry experience or do you want to be able to relax in a really cool area and nice and hang on the shade and the trees and the creek going by? But then you also have to deal with you know, campers, hikers, and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, uh, real quick, maybe when people say backcountry, maybe they're just talking. It might be backcountry towards to them because they're basically doing like a spike camp. You know, yeah, I can see that. Hiking in there with yeah, their stuff and hiking just in the camp there and that rather than having to do that hike in the morning. Right. And then come back. Yeah. We've talked about that too. Mm -hmm. That'd be kinda cool to do that, but we never do. Yeah, we always talk about it and don't do it. Well, I think the reason because we don't do it, this is why I can only do it from the <coughs> reflect on this past season, is that I if we weren't seeing anything, I figured we had to change spots. We had to go somewhere else. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to spike camp. I'm like, why spike camp if there's nothing there? Yep. You know. Well, and then it rained the whole hunt, too, it seemed like. Oh, yeah, so. that didn't help out either. Yeah, spike camping and during the monsoon season is not mm -hmm. exactly fun. That wasn't fun. It got pretty stinking cold. <coughs> um, so, I don't know. You guys will have to comment and let us know what you think about this whole backcountry craze and see if, you know, what, what are your thoughts about it? You know, do you think it's something you invest in or do you use it to your strategy? Do you... You now let all these dudes go up there, and then you're like, okay, they're going to put the pressure at the top. I got to go over here and see where they're going to funnel out now. Because that's what I think now is like, not only do you got to strategize where these deer or elk are going to be, uh, where's the pressure going to be? Is everyone going to be in the backcountry now? And if they are, where will they go? Because I think that's how you're going to have to hunt. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of it's part of the fun kind of is trying to figure out where they're going to go when they get pressured can we get there before someone else finds out about this area you know yeah and i i think a lot of people they mention hunting backcountry it's they're going after those trophies and they think that that's where those big elk big or big deer yeah, yeah the big the big guys are going to be hanging out is way back in there you know and Maybe that's what they're just kind of talking about. It's so far back into the that country. But I would rather see a whole bunch of game than maybe come across one or two, you yeah. know. Then you're just going out there walking miles and miles and miles and miles looking for that. But I'm not really a trophy hunter. You know, if I come across something big, it's just that extra bonus bonus you know um we brought a good point so you know everyone hits getting in there as far as they can but you got some things to think about if you take a game animal down is it ethical where you're at if you're seven right. miles in there and you don't and you walked in that way and you took down an elk seven miles is a long way that's a long way you get that animal out especially during the bow hunt yeah when, when temperatures are you know easily could be in the 80s mid 80s and at night yeah, it may be cool off into the 40s, maybe. Yeah, but is that cold but enough is that, to keep that meat? Yeah, and is it ethical? At one point, you got to think, if I kill something back there, is it ethical? And if I am going to go back there, do you have a plan emergency-wise? You're way back in there. You better be prepared for it because 
you know, yeah, something gets something hurt happens. bad. Something, you're way in there. And I don't know where you guys hunt at, but where we are, there's no cell phone service. You might get on a mountaintop, but you may crown, climb the wrong mountain and find out you don't have no service. Mm-hmm. And that would suck. Um, so you have that emergency part issue. You have, can you get the meat out in an ethical way? Because that's what we're really on for. Yeah, we everyone's looking for that, that I wouldn't say everybody, you know, is it a, for me for me personally, do I want to shoot a, a big buck or a big elk? Yeah, I'm looking for that. But at the same time, is I don't want to shoot it if I can't get out the meat because that's 90% of it right there is in the meat alone is the trophy part. And can you get that meat out in time? And so I think a lot of people have to take a step back and go, can I get this animal out if I take it down ethically, especially on an elk? Because you're talking, you know, 300 class type bull or bigger, you're talking what, 800 pounds yeah. on the hoof, so to speak. And that, that that's a big animal. Just to manipulate that animal around to, to by yourself, if you're by yourself, you can't get a hold of a buddy. <clears throat> and a lot of You've people have it by yourself the, and it's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy. A lot of people, you know, they'll have the, either have somebody who have horses on standby or whatever, but, and then they have their somehow some type of radio communication hopefully to get in touch with them if they get something down so that way they could uh, get the horses in there and pack their animal out which but a lot of people don't they don't have they don't know anybody or they don't have the funds to be able to afford that so they do it themselves in their own two legs and hike it out and if that's you if that's you then you really need to take in consideration on how am I going to be able to get this animal out ethically like you're saying yeah to save that meat. And I, I think, you know, with the time between hunts, you know, obviously most of the country is not hunting right now, especially <coughs> elk. By the time the hunts start, you know, some say start in like what, late August, and then we start getting into September when we start the, the hunt for elk goes full on. Um, it gives you plenty of time that if you do want to hunt the backcountry to learn, at least learn, and you probably won't get a chance to actually practice it because it's not easy to practice but gutless quartering in the backcountry I mean the only way to get an elk out of the backcountry is I mean, well and then deboning it too debone, yeah learning how to debone it because when you're that, that far in you, yeah you're gonna want to eliminate well, no, as much weight as possible yeah no but when you, your brother-in-law shot that that first bull you guys were pretty far in right yeah we were we were far in and and actually I remember telling him like you I mean, do you even want to take this shot because we were so far out? Yeah. And uh, it, back then, all we knew how is to basically quarter the animal, gut it, and take the quarters out whole. I mean, we didn't even, at the time, we, we didn't know any better. We didn't even take the skin off. And I remember making trips back and forth, back and forth. Luckily, you know, the, the weather was on our side. It was cold that night. But, you know, five, six hours later... You know, we, we finally get everything on the on a his side by side and, and we're out of there, but it was like it was it was really hard to pack that thing out. Of course now I, I know a lot more, you know, gutless quartering and That's other, my Harley if you guys wanna know. <laughs> <laughs> other methods, you know, of deboning and this and that, but you know Yeah, when you talk about that hunt at the time, more or less year wise, like what was it? Because the gutless quartering didn't really catch on till like what the past like maybe six seven years at the most i don't think it maybe this past couple years i learned from brian you guys did it god when was that 2008 2009 
It was when I shot my first bull. Um, I wasn't on that. I was I, the first time I saw those recording was when Mike shot that bull and yeah, that's for what year was that? Like, oh six yeah. was it? No, it was later than that. I think two thousand eight. I don't know. It was, Whatever, a, long it was a long time ago. And it wasn't, <laughs> I never heard of it. I, I was with Nolper. I was like, you got the animal and you just drag the sucker out until you, get, knew. <laughs> till you yeah, get back to the truck. And that was sucked. And Mike, uh, a friend of ours, he, he taught me. He heard about it. So we tried it on his elk. And <clears throat> it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. You know, you're learning, but getting that hind quarter off, you got to watch out for that, the, the stomach, you know, and you puncture that then it's pretty much done because then those guts start oozing out and they get in your way and you're like forget it just gut it to get it you know and then you have to gut it get them like out emergency gut yeah you got <laughs> to do it in a hurry you're like oh dude i can't hold these back no more but now i've i've done quite a few you know doing yeah. the, the gutless and you know with you and stuff like that and it's just come down to it's that's Quarter- the best way you know and oh, yeah. i talked to one of my buddies um, he shot an antelope last year and I was telling him about the gutless and when he was out there He was by himself. Well, he was on a ranch, you know, so he had the rancher and stuff like that and He was asking them if they knew anything about it and they didn't so He was sitting there doing it all by himself just kind of going off of what I told him and Everybody was standing around him uh, standing around him watching him do it and so everybody learned that like time, an and he said that he'll never gut another animal again. Oh, yeah. First time I saw it done with uh, Brian and Mike, one of our other buddies that we hunt with, um, it was probably the coolest thing i ever seen because I have <clears throat> gutted animals, and it's never a fun process. Who wants to reach up an animal and pull yeah, out the guts and pull the neck out? It's messy. And then I'd say almost 50% of the time, from my experience, you're going to pop something. Yeah. And then you're rushing, and you're like, you're trying to find a hill so that way it rolls out nice and easy. But it was never, it never went smooth on gutting right. the animal for whatever reasons. I don't know why. But uh, kind of switching gears, what we learned, you know, if you're going to hunt the backcountry or just hunting in general, um, Norbert got to see it too. And we'd only watched it, I guess, when we get to educate yourself before you get back in there. And even you don't even have to be in the backcountry. You can be in regular old where there's two tracks everywhere, but you don't know if they're there. You're still going to have to hike out an animal a long ways, and it's just easier to, to get the animal out. And then this past year, we'd watch it on t- on YouTube, the rib roll. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring up that is because that's a whole part of the animal that, you know, years past, we were leaving out there. Yeah, we a lot of people still there. do. They just they yeah, leave never, it. They're like, oh, it's pointless. You know, there's no meat on it. Yeah. But if you do that rib roll... You'll be surprised on actually how much meat you can yeah. get off. YouTube, and it just it just turn it into ground meat. Yeah, that's ground meat. It that's all it is, you know. Yeah. But it's you'll get you know an extra two plus pounds of meat off of that animal. And we did it on our antelope um, this antelope. year. And yeah, you, it was cool. It it wasn't much, but it was a couple pounds of meat. What you weren't going to have, what you would have just trashed. So definitely learn that. I mean, if you're hunting out there, you know, and you want, if you're hunting for meat, that's the best thing to do. You try and get as much as possible. You know, even that neck meat. I've seen people yeah, and just you cut re- the necks off when they bring, bring a head to me to do the European mount. And there's so much wasted meat 
what people leave on that because they just cut the neck off and there's tons of meat what has just gone to waste and it's sad it you know it breaks my heart to see that because i'm like oh man look at all this meat what they wasted and yeah i saw all those euros coming to you and i could well that last batch yeah those four bulls that came in holy smokes man they like half the freaking neck on them yeah um and those are nice roasts man those that that neck meat you can make some nice roasts out of it if you know on what you're doing and i mean everything what i've done is just you know just doing it you know I've, I've learned a lot because of the the european mounts and stuff like that on where the bones are and where they disconnect so i'm able to get in there with a knife and pop them you know and get them off nice and easy but the people who don't all you got to do is just follow that bone just fill it with the one hand and use the knife as an extension of your other hand and just start skimming that bone and you'll be able to pull off some nice chunks of meat what is always left behind <clears throat> but it's just like eric was saying do your research and learn that kind of stuff it's maybe a 20 30 minute video on youtube yeah. and there's so many out there from people what teach you on on this stuff and just try it next time you get an animal down and now that know the state that you're hunting and what the rules and regs are because in New Mexico, you're not required to take out the rib meat. Ethically, yeah, take it. That's what we're talking about. Take the meat, there's a lot of meat there. I don't think, give it a shot. If you screw it up, then so be it. That's what happens. At least you're trying to get it out. Um, but some states, it's required that you take the rib meat out. And or I know Oregon's one of them. Uh, their game fish actually has a YouTube page where that shows game fish doing the rib roll because you're required to take it out there in Oregon. So know <clears throat> all your state regulations, whatever state you're hunting in, because they're all different. In our state, there's some game that you're allowed to hunt that you don't have to take anything out. You just take out the horns. And that's what the barberry sheep, right? I don't mm -hmm. think it's the barberry sheep. Yeah, or the ibex. I don't I know. I can't remember. One of the two. You, I, it may be the ibex. I, I think it's the ibex. The ibex, you don't have to take anything out. You just, hmm. you could take out the meat, but I, I don't know. That's a goat, basically. <laughs> I never had goat. I've had lamb. But take it out ethically. Here in Mexico, there's only like one or two species that you're not required to take out the meat because they're an invasive species. But most states require you to take out any, even on mountain lion, you have to take out the meat. Uh, so know how to do it because that is big. You don't want to, uh, what was it, two years ago, I was taking in an elk down at the processor and some other guy pulled up in a truck with a full bull elk um, it was skin, but they had a tarp on it, trying to protect it from the flies. And the processor rejected rejected it because it was done. They waited over a day before they brought it in. And during the September, even October, it still gets pretty warm in the southwest and in the west. You, you can't you can't do that. That and that's part of that whole backcountry thing. Know where you hunt. Know where you're at. Plan it out because. If you take an animal down, you got to get it out ethically, yeah. right? You ethically. owe it to that animal to do that. And then um, I think Brian kind of talked about before, if you are going to hunt some areas that are really far back in there, do some research. There are uh, a lot of outfitters in the area. There's a lot of people that do only pack out meat for you. That's what they're, they're waiting for that. They're waiting for that call. Say, hey, I got an animal down. You know, yeah, you're going to have to pay for it, but... They'll go in there and they'll pack out your animal. 
So do research of what unit you're going to be, find a town nearby. And I, I here in New Mexico, I put money out. There's someone that offers uh, mules or horses to pack out meat and have them in your phone, program in your phone. So that way you can go hit an, er an area where you get coverage and make that phone call and say, yeah, I got an animal down and get the animal out. You know, if you can't get it on, that's fine. Just have different avenues and have, um, uh, you know, plan A, plan B and plan C, you know, yeah. call buddies, whatever you got to do. And that's a, a big thing. Uh, a lot of people like to, like Nova was saying, you know, back in the day that they left the skin on it. Me and <clears throat> Eric, since we've been hunting together, that's the first thing what we do is we jump down in there and we get that skin removed as quick as possible to start cooling down that meat because it's just going to hold all that heat in it. It yeah. acts as an insulator. So <clears throat> yeah, take your it. pictures. I don't think you got to rush, you know? rush, rush, but take your pictures because savor the moment you're with friends or whatever is going on, savor the moment and get going to town, get the skin off at the bare minimum, get it off and get it separated and hanging up. That's why they make <laughs> so those bags. Cooled off. The yeah, game those, bags. Those game bags. They're pretty nice. This year we used the which ones? Did we, oh, the caribou. Caribou brand bags. Uh, pretty cool. We used them on the uh, antelope hunt, and they worked awesome. Those there's reusable. We're buying those Alaskan game bags, and those are nice too for the price. But if you think about it, if you draw deer, elk, multiple species, and if you add the price up. It's going to be over the price of the reusable, uh, those caribou ones that we were using. Um, mm -hmm. So I just go with reusable now because we washed them out. I could have swore you wouldn't be able to get the blood out of these things, and they came perfectly clean. Like you can't even tell there was even blood on them, which amazed me. I don't know what the heck they make these things out of, but no, but it worked pretty good. They're nice bags. <coughs> yeah, they're pretty <coughs> nice. They're pretty cool. So yeah, after you, if you do get a game animal down, slash in the back country. Get the skin off, get it quartered, get all your meat hang up so it's nice and quick and cooling that thing off. Cooling it off, even if it's 80 degrees outside, is better than with that skin on it laying in the sun because it'll, it'll, it'll rot. It'll rot. It'll rot quick. It'll be done. And that's the thing. And <clears throat> excuse me, try and find that shade. You know, hang it up in the tree, separate them so that air is flowing all the way around it. Get it in the shade. You know, there has to be some type of tree you know i always carry probably about six feet of um or four pieces they're about six foot long of i don't know it's kind of like some type of webbing oh yeah, and a yeah. carabiner and carabiners you know? yeah. and that way you could throw it up over a branch and you tie that knot around it and you just hoist it up and on a, yeah on a tree you know limb. on a limb and it, it's hanging it's off the ground it's up in the air so when Get you have to walk it. out you know it's it's up there already starting to cool and it's out of the way from the predators. Yeah. Um, you know. What did we see at Sport at Sports Warehouse? Remember that was pretty cool? It was like a, oh, what was it? It had that, I, wanna call, I don't want to call it a block and tackle, but remember it had that little, they're pretty small. You know what they are, Nobert? It had that little wheel so you can. Oh, the carabiner yeah, things? Yeah, like, oh, it's not a carabiner, but it's kind of uh, like that where you can no, put a piece I, of rope through it. And then you can, about, but. It's like a pulley, like a little. Mm -hmm portable pulley more they're pretty cool and that's perfect for what you're talking about yeah because you pull I, in you let go and it automatically locks yeah, it i'd have to look it up i don't know the name. Of look it up, maybe. but they're not expensive they're a couple no, bucks they're each not cheap at all and that that'll save you man when it comes to getting your meat 
up in the air and getting air around it. That's another key thing. Just getting air around it and getting it cooled off as quick as possible is the yeah. best thing for that game meat. And that's, uh, you know, I, I like that meat. So hunting deep down in there, it's kind of like, eh, what's the point? I don't we'll need to go all the way too no, far in there. because It's fun because you start seeing the sea game. to get that meat and to feed my family. And we go through... Get easily me and my family go through an elk in the year you know the deer and antelope what i got this year we're already almost out you know and you're just like you gotta be kidding me because i don't want to go in to the store and buy meat i like that the game meat my my family likes the game meat yeah we're, i'm i'm gonna <clears throat> add, we'll change the subject here just because our last podcast was about the game new mexico game of fish proclamation that came out we now had over probably a week now to really look at it, and um, we'll kind of kind of touch on a little bit what we found out. So what's kind of cool is Nobert's on his phone right now, and so he's definitely a <laughs> smartphone millennial kid. Um, you can now Game Fish will let you apply for what they're calling the the e tag, right? E-tag, the yeah. e tag. So you download their app, and when you apply. You can now have your tag on your phone. So as soon as you tag, you take it's only for deer and elk. So if you take down a deer or an elk, you get on the app and you notch, so to speak, you know, electronically notch, I guess, you, yeah. on the app and you submit it and it gives you a number to you have to put on the animal. But that's how you you carry your tag with you on your phone now. Um, so like Nobert's perfect for him since that's all he does. <laughs> he's sitting over he's sitting <laughs> over here on his phone, <laughs> Facebooking. Facebook or what are you doing over there? <laughs> I was texting. Oh, texting? Come on, man. Don't worry about what I do and don't do. <laughs> um, and now, so if you don't go the the e-tag route, is the regular carcass slash um, horn tag if you're going after a buck or a, a bull. But now you don't have to carry two. Li- you don't have to carry your carcass tag and a license. It's all in the carcass tag now. So everything's on one tag. There's no carrying multiple stuff that game fish would make you carry around. The license, the so tags, the license, so. the tags, all that fun stuff. And it kind of seems like they're just trying new things to see what's going to work best. Because yeah. last year they had one thing, and this year they already changed it. Um, and so it's kind of seeming seems like they're trying something what's going to work best for everybody. And for themselves, yeah, selves. What else? <laughs> what else did we notice? Um, that was the the big big things I think. And then the antelope, we kind of touched the on antelope. That. We touched on that. The deer. I know that they actually ended up separating separating the hunts. The hunts. The, so now you have to put it for January. Yeah, they before there were September and January hunts. Now there it's either September or January. In certain units, yeah, you don't get honey both if you didn't take. So out in this, when it's out or online right now, you know it. Just read over everything. You have to read over everything because of all the changes. And when that paperback gets out, make sure you guys get one or two of them. Keep one with you in your vehicle, and then one at home in the bathroom where everybody likes to read, anyways. Oh yeah, that's where I get the <laughs> best but, reading done is in the bathroom. <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> But as it gets over, oh, I can't be there that, too, too serious, long. Yeah, that, that's, uh, I mean, your, your legs will fall asleep, and then you'll get those pins in them. You can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tip your wife out of there because you've been in there so long reading it. But, 
make sure you have that paperback too so wherever you're at you're you know that you're on top of all the new uh, rules and regs for this year and i i think i asked myself the question was how is this the the e-tag app going to work when you don't have service game fish claims that you don't have to have service i'm not sure how how that works but you don't have to have service all the time so i guess I, when I guess uh, there was yeah. probably uploads it then I have no idea but kind of a cool option for all you uh, techie guys out there that uh, don't want to carry a piece of paper in your back pocket <laughs> you're, you're you're above carrying paper in your back pocket <laughs> yeah so, I don't know I'll probably just stick with the paper one it's just easier yeah. or if your battery dies uh, that would suck no you don't even have pretty well, we all got proof. the little you gotta have that uh Dark energy, dark energy, dark energy battery charger. Have you know? that with you. Sure, you can have that with you. If you don't have that, then you just go to Walgreens or Walmart and buy one. <laughs> sure. So now you got to carry that and your phone, or just a piece of paper, or a piece of paper and not your phone, or carry your phone and a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of stuff. <clears throat> I think it was too many options, and now you're like, oh my god, what do I do? <coughs> But, but it's going to definitely change the draw results with all these uh, changes and the way people apply. So I think people are going to have a lot more. It's going to give a lot more. I, it looks like it should give more dudes opportunity. Actually, actually people opportunities. <laughs> 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 I know women hunt too, okay? Mm-hmm. So women and men, uh, opportunities to hunt. So I hope that's what it does versus you know causing more pain in the neck trying to figure out or making it more complicated. Um, so we touched on that a little bit. Go back to the backcountry again. <laughs> <laughs> back and forth. So I think don't get. I think what I'm getting out of this whole thing is don't get tied up so much that you got to get way in the back. You got to get way deep in there before the other guy does, or because nobody hunts back there. Because guess what? They're back there. It's not a secret anymore they're back in there nothing's a secret especially with uh, social media oh yeah social media good and bad whatever you want I, I do it myself I'll see a picture of a, a buck or an elk down where we hunt at and I'll scrutinize the picture and I'll try to figure out where they're at so I can go yes yeah, put in for that unit <laughs> but mm-hmm. so yeah when you take your pictures of your game I'll make sure you crop out all the peaks in the background because I'll <laughs> sit there and I'll figure it out what it is <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, like, when it comes down to it, you still have to draw the hunt. I always keep saying that because it's true. You and can't. no matter what, you always got to draw. It's just people always be like, well, where did you shoot? The, what unit did you get them in? You know, you could tell them, but, you, I mean, they still have to draw it. But if they put in for that, then there's just more people you're fighting against getting that tag. <laughs> so keep your mouth shut. Social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, social media is crazy because we were when we hunted this past season – we were kind of having some fun with the Insta stories and we're kind of filming as we were hunting out here and this dude private messaged us saying, hey man, you guys are showing too much. Everyone's going to, you're going to mess up a, a good unit. And you're like, what? The unit like gives out a hundred tags and sure, almost a thousand people put in for the hunt. So I was like, whatever, dude, you're not going to ruin what? Yeah. He said, you're still going to get lucky and draw the tag still. I don't know. I, thought that, I know he wasn't the only person. There was a couple people that were like, "You're filming too much." Whatever. Yeah. Stop showing the peaks, and you're like, "Dude." And they're not even hunting the unit. They didn't even draw, and they're telling you to like not to. You guys it are. It is what it unit. is. You know, you could try and do your best, and if you can't, it is 
well so be it you know i've seen tons of pictures and there's they're showing everything you know but it, it doesn't really too. matter you know it's Oh, that's cool, man. They shot a nice buck over in unit, blah, 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 because you, you know what unit they're exactly in, you know. And sometimes they don't have to show any of it. You just know by the terrain. Yeah. You know, if you know New Mexico good enough, in which, you know, we kind of do, we could almost tell exactly on or pretty darn close to what unit they were in and probably be, you know, at least 80% correct Yeah, and that, on guessing that unit. <laughs> it's so funny when people slam guys for trying to like if they show the peaks and stuff like that and i'm like eh, you know what let them enjoy the the moment i mean some of these units that we look at that we know where they're hunting at we don't even put in for those units anyways we just like it's just kind of cool to know that that unit carries the potential the, the potential of that unit so maybe for, for future reference you know you may want to put in that unit. but for the most part we kind of stick to the same units we try to shake it up every now and then yeah we'll change it up and I'm always like, no, we got to do this. Yeah, you know, when it comes down to elk and stuff, but last second you're you change it and you're, I don't know, you always second guess yourself and be like, dang oh. it, if we would have done this or <laughs> if we would have just stuck with our initial choice or you know or if we would have went to this canyon instead of this canyon. Oh yeah, I think you know, we fight ourselves. When you do draw that unit, you're gonna get burned. On a couple of days, you're gonna get burned bad. <laughs> I got burned. The unit we hunted, me and Nolver and Brian, it was a it's a big unit to cover, and we were seeing deer, but just not quite like last year. So we were taking crap shots at some other parts of the unit, and oh my god, talking about blowouts, man! I didn't see deer wise. I didn't see anything. And when I went to our go-to areas where we just kept putting the pressure on, <coughs> seeing if we could turn up something and catch that. That, yeah, that and that's the thing. Just making I think the wrong mistake. Just it ends up getting too much pressure. But it wasn't just us hunting those areas. No. There was a lot of other hunters who were hunting the exact same area, and we're like, "Oh yeah, man, we got this figured out. Nobody knows about this." Yeah, I thought we had it all to ourselves. And we like get there, and man, there were people everywhere, and we're like, "You gotta be kidding me, dude!" <laughs> yeah. No, we were told nobody. Nobody hadn't been on this hunt. We'd gone the hunt. The year prior and then he came with us we're like oh yeah we know this unit we know where to go and then of course everywhere we went there was trucks parked there there was yeah camps like just lined yeah, up down were, the road when the year before there was nobody and then last year there was just tons it was like a whole new group of people drew that unit who hunted the exact it before same areas. yeah and that's where that was their go-to spot uh, yeah. their spot and you get, and, i think people out there have to remember that when you draw a unit um, you may find out that, yeah, say you draw, like we did two years in a row. One year, I don't know, we didn't see anybody, hardly. And we almost had the run of the, our players that we were hanging with, we almost had the run of the whole area. And then this year was totally different. Like like Brian said, it seemed like everyone that drew knew exactly where to go, and that's where we were going. <clears throat> you can't get upset about it. All you got to do is just take a deep breath, <laughs> get mad, kick a rock, whatever, <laughs> throw it down. <laughs> throw some pine cones around. <laughs> throw some pine cones around, <laughs> and uh, look on your map system and pick another area and go for it. Because that's, it is that's what, I mean, it we is had it is. trail cameras up in a canyon, and we were getting pictures of big bucks, you know, and 
we go over there to hunt we're like oh yeah this is what we're going to do and then there's three or four camps right there and you're like yeah you they're camping like me. 100 yards from where the well not maybe that close but yeah really close to where the camera's and, at and like, yeah needless to say you know i mean we out. ended up putting the camera back up there and yeah there there's no bucks there anymore they, yeah we left they, the camera there the out. whole time and nothing showed up on that thing nothing but Does. that's that's just the way it goes yeah so don't get upset just have to relocate and hit another canyon it may be in the next canyon over that's why i have in them trail cameras you know you spread them don't just keep them in one area spread them throughout so a shotgun the area that way you have multiple areas to start hitting and pinpoint and it, it's a lot of work it's a lot of driving back and forth a lot of what? gas money and stuff like that but and that's where we made a mistake it, it, we kind of yeah we kind of targeted one area only and a yeah, lot of the year we, the unit we didn't even know what was going on there's still we had a lot no more unit left yeah, we, we only covered maybe left. like an eighth of our unit yeah we we when they say throw all your eggs in one basket yeah we threw them all in one basket and you learn from your mistakes yep and so so i think we're rounding out this episode now um yeah i don't have really much of if yeah. anything just mm-hmm. Just real quick, again, I think we'll, this episode is brought to you by Onyx Maps. We use them. Know where you hunt. It's a good system. It works well. You only have to subscribe for your state only. It's pretty cool. You can share your spot with everybody. If I like hunt, it. Yeah, right if here. you hunt multiple states, you could yeah, you can subscribe get to the Elite program. The elite program, which is mm. all the states. The subscription's all the states. only a, or it lasts a full year. So. Uh, yeah, a full year. So. so it's not bad at all. No, and it's well worth it. Yeah, it, it definitely changed everything. So, and then we're trying, we're in the process of getting our <coughs> first guest. And I told these guys who I was talking to, you can find him on Instagram. His name's Ryan Tuttle, spelled T-U-T-T-L-E. He's out of Utah. Give him a look on Instagram. He's under Ryan Tuttle underscore. Uh, this dude is like the master. I wouldn't say the master, but he has some... You know, I don't know where he lives out in Utah, but check out his Instagram account. Um, we talked a little bit on Instagram, and he's more than happy to, to come on the podcast, and we'll talk all ga- tra- uh, game trail cameras and how we set up, what cameras we use, him and us, and our setups and stuff, and, and why we have those setups, and have fun with them too. So look forward to that podcast. It'll be coming down the line. So we are over and out. and over. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe and like and give a review. (laughs) Bad or good. (laughs) Preferably good. Preferably good. Okay. Thank you. Later.